Welcome to A Wild New Work, a podcast about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life, all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm Megan Leatherman, a mother to two small kids, coach, writer, and amateur ecologist living in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm your host today. Hi, friend, and welcome to this special episode today. I am going to be in conversation with my friend and colleague, Aubrey DeClerc. Aubrey is a career coach and astrologer who helps people open doors to fulfilling work, which I know you care about because you're here. As a career coach, Aubrey has over 15 years of experience in corporate, nonprofit, and education environments. She's been a student of astrology for over 20 years and has been supporting clients with career-focused astrology sessions since 2011, which I have personally benefited from. Aubrey helps people access their own clarity through deep presence and embracing the gifts that they may have forgotten or ignored. She's also the host of a new podcast called Field Notes, where she shares digestible and poignant insights from her personal journey and her work as a coach. So I am really looking forward to sharing Aubrey's insights and experience and just her wonderful self with you all today on this platform. Before I bring Aubrey on, I want to just ground us in our opening invocation. So wherever you are, you can just sort of take a deep breath, settle into your body, into your being as I read these words. May each of us be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures that we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible, and I'm grateful to the Cowlitz and Clackamas tribes, among many others, who are the original stewards of the land that I'm on. Well, Aubrey, welcome. Thank you so much for being here and sharing this space with us today. Thanks for having me. I know I always love talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and look I, forward to it. Good, me too. Well, I think I want to start by sort of getting your read or your pulse on how work is feeling for people right now. Whatever, wherever your mind goes with that is great. But I find that, you know, as people who are kind of in this guiding people through it day to day, we might have a kind of unique perspective on like some of the trends that we're seeing come up for people as they're going through transitions in their work lives. And I would love to know what you're noticing and how people are interfacing with work right now, some of the challenges or opportunities, anything that feels kind of top of mind um, or that you're noticing right now. Well, one of the things is it feels like there's a couple of things going on that I'm not sure how they fit together and they tend to fit together for different people in different ways. And one is that um, experience of the great resignation, which I think that energy of wanting and feeling more empowered in the face of the structure of work in our society, focused on the U S society where most of my practices. So there's that feeling, right? And there's this also feeling that people are mentioning about a possible looming recession and what that means. So those two energies have been a little bit rubbing up against each other at times. Just this empowerment, I'm going to move, I'm going to make this change, I'm going to stand for what I want and what I'm worth. And then this feeling of, wait a minute, do I need to hunker down? Right? Is there some financial Mm -hmm. changes that are occurring? And And I know that the great resignation doesn't apply to all sectors and all jobs, um, 
and the resi the um, possible recession wouldn't either. But I, that's one of the things that's up for me is uh, people holding those two things at the same time, uh, maybe uh, an internal shift and then watching an external shift too. What are your thoughts on that, Megan? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really lovely way to put it that we're sort of, we've like come through the last two and a half years, I think really like reclaiming our right to, you know, not have a commute if we don't want one or to have a more flexible way of relating to work while also at the same time kind of feeling crushed in some ways by the weight of the pandemic and capitalism, like that it still goes on. But yeah, I like how you sort of put those in contrast to one another that the people are sort of feeling both and, and I see that too, but I haven't put it in that language before. And I have noticed more clients feeling a little more cautious about making a change. And um, there's sort of this like drumbeat of possible <laughs> recession or constraints. And I'm not sure that that's going to mean or look the same way as it has in past years. I don't know if people are, I mean, who knows? I don't know if people are willing to like kind of go back to this very sort of desperate, subservient way mm. of working where we're just like taking whatever we can get. I feel like people have really been emboldened by the last couple of years, but what are you advising people who are feeling anxious about a possible recession? Like, is there anything that either you've noticed in the past that's worked well or that you're thinking about now that can be sort of either anchoring or empowering as people, as we're all sort of awash in the changes <laughs> that happen in an economy, like how can people feel like they're going to be okay, regardless of what happens? Yeah, that's a big question. Right? <laughs> I mean, I started my practice in 2008. So like thinking about the Great Recession as opposed to the Great Resignation where we are now, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that was a time, right, when a lot of people were like, how do you stay anchored? But that was a whole different scenario in terms of the financial system. I think that, I guess what I'm trying to talk myself through is how do you know that things are going to be okay mm -hmm. when the system's falling apart? I think part of it is being like, things aren't okay. You know, like part of this, I think, is is realism. Think, you know, that there's, there's, there's parts of the way that our, lots of ways that our system works that are not okay. Mm -hmm. um, and that maybe some of the falling apart is necessary for things to be more okay. I think that a word that comes up that I think about in a non-religious context, and when you say, like, how do people know things are going to be okay? I mean, there's a sense of faith of some kind, um, an inner grounding. Um, there's, it's so personal, I guess is the thing, right? Which is like, because that's where I will start with people immediately is grounding for them and what has worked in the past. It may not work again, but if we're looking for a way to have, be able to drop anchor in, in seas that are really choppy rather than get pulled down, looking at ways that we have worked in the past or we can feel resourced in our bodies, in our mind, in our spirit, finding a way to come to a connection with ourselves that's stronger or strong enough in certain moments that it can buoy to us mm -hmm. a reminder, a remembering, um, and a connection point. I mean, I, gosh, I mean, it's such a, it's a big question 
and I feel like I'm rambling, Megan, but um, I don't know if I'm answering it. Uh, I think a lot of the things when you think about, I think about for myself, how, to, like, if I were to just say that, like, how do I know things are going to be okay? Well, there's sometimes I don't feel like it's going to be okay. And then there's the sense of, I have, I know that connection actually feet on the ground, bare feet on bare ground connection. Mm. Immersement in nature helped me know that it's okay. In the sense of that there's a bigger energy and a bigger cycle that's occurring. That's part of a mystery that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. I have a um, I have an image that's on the lock screen of my phone right now. And I'll get you who it's from. So I make sure to credit the person. Mm. But it's on, it's like a Venn diagram. It's an intersection of three circles. And on one side is, um, on another side, is discipline and in the middle is flow and that really spoke to me in terms of I mean I have had a Zen meditation practice for about a decade and that's for me as my experience of it has been a lot of discipline Mm -hmm. sitting being quiet not moving you know like Mm -hmm. um having a practice I return to continuously you know as best I can and then this idea of surrender, which for me is not, it does not come easy, but the that there's things that are out of my control, right? And that there's a bigger mystery and plan in place. And so then this, the fact that those that intersect and create flow is really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Because then I think when we're in a place of feeling fearful, naturally, um, that some sort of flow, internal, external, can be encouraging. Mm-hmm. It can be a balm for those times. I really like that. I think I like that they're both surrender and discipline are both things that you can just do at any time on your own without anyone else, that it's just mm. an internal state. And I think sometimes when we get caught up or nervous about the way things are falling apart or what might be coming in the future, it really, it's as if like all of our attention and energy is just getting like caught up or like sucked away through this like storm or something and I feel like when we can sort of bring it back in and just look at like like what is in my immediate environment that I can either loosen my grip on or like double down on if it's a a discipline or a practice that serves us that I find in myself it does create that sense of flow like there is an opening here where you know it doesn't mean that I'm going to know if the recession is real or how it's going to manifest, but it's, it means that I have a place to like put my vitality through or in, Mm. you know, I feel like we get so like stagnant because we don't know what to do or there's not these like little channels for us to be in and move through. And that can be, that then can reinforce this narrative that like, we can't handle times like these, mm. or we're, we don't know what to do, or we're not going to have what it takes to, you know, make the right decisions. And so it can be this like yucky feedback loop where we're sort of showing ourselves that we can't mm. live and make decisions that we need or cha- make changes that, you know, on paper might not seem wise in a recession, but are like exactly what we need to do. You know, there's this all these like narratives about, the economy and what opportunities will and won't be available. Like, I think they're real on some level, but they're 
really not, um, in my experience, I haven't found them to actually be very supportive in people making good decisions for themselves. You know, in my experience, it's just a lot of fear and trying to be logical. Mm. Um, and the logic just sort of assumes that like everything that we see from economists or whomever is like exactly the way it is for all people. Right. Right. Um, so I don't know. I'm sort of wary about you know, recession looming or whatever else is looming and trying to stay in that sweet spot, like you mentioned, where we're just like, all right, well, I'm in this little stream and this is where, this is where it's flowing right now. And I just trust that we are, are going to make it or we're not, <laughs> it's going to be okay. Like I just, um, yeah, I guess I just personally get really deflated by all of the kind of fear and predictions, but maybe I need to be more of a realist. I don't know. Like, I don't, I, I don't think I could <laughs> say you need to be more of a realist. I really, <laughs> I'm really with you on what you're saying about that, because I think that it's also something where it can lull us into non-action. And I think that action is really important right now, either on behalf of or advocate for ourselves in our communities and I'm with you right like I, I I like hearing you talk about feeling doubtful of that right wary of that that there's a bigger context in which that information comes in that's our own um, personal I don't know how to say it like bubble ecosystem right mm-hmm that instead of that information being like, oh, that's what they're saying. So therefore this X, Y, and Z is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of taking that as as the direction externally. Mm-hmm. And part of that's also like, the, yeah, get information and, and sort it through for yourself in terms of, and then if you don't know how to do that or need some more help with that, like find somebody that can help mm-hmm. um, in your community to, to sort through it. Um, I think that the... Oppressive systems in our in our culture rely upon fear, mm-hmm. and well, I think it's totally a human condition to be fearful of something, right? And it has its place when we're looking at something related to the recession, even though things have a very real, you know, real impact on our ability to support ourselves. I like that idea of coming from a, a more whole place internally, where you you take that with a bit of skepticism. It's reminded me of a quote that I just found the other day. And is it okay for me to pipe yeah, in and please. read it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is by Michael Carroll. And he says, while many of us wish to be happy and successful at work, what we really want is to be confident. Confident that no matter what work offers up, success or failure, happiness or disappointment, recognition or indifference, we can unshakably rely on ourselves to be selfish and at our ease. And I think we could put in recession in there right Mm -hmm. or society or um any of those things yeah it is so true that often what people are sort of reaching for in this work in terms of like whether it's a change in their in a job or a role or vocation or whatever it is it is often this like external sense of ease that Mm. sounds external but is actually very much internal and i think many guides and coaches start by helping their people cultivate that inside of themselves first so that whatever comes externally is more of a reflection of 
this internal sort of equanimity that someone has cultivated in the face of, you know, pandemics or collapse or social change that I think if we can really, like you mentioned before, reinforce that and build it up and focus there, in my experience with people, then like the external changes sort of come about in a way that's more like emergent and organic and like it's just sort of um, an echo, I think, from what's like inside first. Does that make any sense? Or what's your experience Mm -hmm. of that? Like, Yeah. And I think that my experience in, in the healers and coaches and people that have, I've had support me through my journey is that to and beyond (laughs) as it continues on is that from that place, one a lot of possibilities could open up that I didn't think about. Like if I start there, then it's like, wow, where is this, where could this possibly be going? If I, rather than being, um, looking externally or being shut down from that place. Mm -hmm. So that I find has been really critical, important. I guess for me, one of the things that over the last couple of years has become really important is how am I showing up? What does it mean for me to be present? What does it mean? What's like to me is like, what's most important in our presence with each other? And how does that contribute to our stronger selves internally and our stronger communities? I used to, one of my Zen teacher would say, doing this, working on yourself, you know, is, is important and foundational for doing the rest of the work out in the world. And part of me at times would be like, this feels a little selfish <laughs> mm-hmm. or it doesn't feel big enough or, 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 and then the more I have been there, the more it's not an either or for one, right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be not linear in terms of have to get to a certain place in order to do certain things, but to not underestimate what that, that and the small interactions and small connections can mean for weathering giant life and societal changes and work changes. Yeah. That reminds me of a quote that I'm not going to get perfect, but something around the idea that, you know, sometimes we think of resilience as like an individual thing that each of us does. Like I'm going to work out to be stronger. I'm going to stock up on water to be resilient in the face of drought, but that resilience is actually just community. And Mm. so many of us have just lost that, or that's been taken from us through many different means. And yeah, I think I was listening to someone um, being interviewed on a podcast who talked about how she doesn't have savings. She doesn't have like a retirement plan. Her retirement plan is her people that she just Mm. keeps like giving her money away. And she's just trusting that when the time comes, when she needs it, she will get it back. And I think it's really sad how much of career work focuses on these like individual notions of resilience and, Mm. you know, power. Like we can take care of ourselves because we have this, you know, W-2 job or paycheck or income stream or whatever it is when like I think the challenge for right now is that deeper presence with one another and that when things start to really collapse as they are and I think they'll continue to do it's not going to be 
you know, the 401k that like gets us through a thing or the, or whatever it is. And I know that that can be part of it, but I, yeah, I think I am also really hungry for this like deeper concept of, I guess, resilience and that our, and how could work be a tool for that rather than just like, this is my individual career trajectory and this is what I need to negotiate and what I need to get and how, I guess, are there ways that like work becomes more about community and the sharing of resources and like um, moving forward in a way that I think is more adaptable to these challenging times and I think some of it is like you said, it's just like a natural, it's just like an attuning toward like you're doing, I think, and just sort of trusting that that deeper presence really matters in and of itself. And I just wonder if there are other ways that that could be done or is growing, um, or if it's just kind of a posture that we start to take or a necessity when, you know, the power goes out or like things happen. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of wondering about that these days. Yeah, there's a reimagining about work. And I remember um, I was doing a class one time at the Portland School of Astrology on looking at astrology and career. And somebody said, well, I think it's impossible for praxis, you know, slash purpose, right? To be expressed through work in the capitalist system. And I mean, I've had lots of thoughts over that about that over the years, right? And I think that's the same. It, it reminded me of this. Is it possible to to remake work in this system to be what what we need, you mm -hmm. know, for what would serve us all better? I think that part of me is, at the time, I was like, well, you know, I think, I think we can. And part of me was like, I think we must. I'm not sure I personally could last without some way of having an expression of being a human, the parts of my humanness, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm here to give in some way through what I am doing through the most of my day or, um, or even sometimes outside of my day. I mean, I totally see their point. And there's times when I'm like down about, the possibility of this, but I think part of this is also what you're talking about, which is the reimagining and moving towards something and just so the uncertainty of what it is or how it might work, or even if it would work, but having a desire to putting language to it, I think is part of it. Bringing in the astrology piece reminded me of this quote that you sent me, um, which I'll site in the show notes. I feel like we're throwing around lots of things that I will, I promise we will say. Um, it's this quote that says, astrology is one of the first acts you can undertake to give your life back over to the mystery of nature. Mm -hmm. And I loved that so much. And I've never thought of astrology in that way, but it's like, duh, like the planets are <laughs> nature. Like it's, they're as natural as, you know, the tree outside my window. It's all this it's all the same, um, not the same, but it, it's all, you know, matter and the natural world and these, you know, ions and chemicals that make us all up. And um, I just loved that frame of like giving yourself over to something more mysterious, like you talked about, you know, a little bit ago. 
what are some of the themes or planets or signs or anything that you could sort of help us anchor into just as not astrologers, but as beginners, are there any um, overarching, I guess, planets or transits or signs or archetypes that you're finding to be really grounding in the face of whatever is happening, the collapse or, you know, change or just the complexity and chaos of our world right now? Is there anything that you recommend people could sort of look into or like hold on to as a guiding light right now? Yes. And I love that quote as well. And, and that we are, we are, right? We're made of the same stuff, the same material. And that overall, in terms of astrology and cycles, I think that thinking about the fact that things happen in cycles, just like you talk about cycles of nature, right, is is important and is, to me, grounding very much in the thought of that things have beginnings and endings, right? Mm -hmm. That we have cycles of the things that we're learning individually and collectively over time. Um, and that there's what I believe is that there's energy for supporting us as we do that in a, in a, um, in a positive direction, in a healing direction. So in terms of the energies that are going on right now, let's see. So, I mean, if we think about, I mean, Pluto's filtering is, is showing up very much right for, the, for us in the U S at this time, the U S is having its Pluto return, <laughs> mm. which just means this energy of, um, getting to the root of what's going on, but the feeling like um, some of the stuff has to get uh, burnt to the ground in order to enrich the soil for new beginnings, um, to get to the, the dark heart of whatever's happening with authority um, and pull those things up by the roots when possible. So I think that there's that part of the Pluto energy that knowing the context for that is like, okay, so this is part of what we're going through, right? Really seeing the darkness out there in the open. Some people have seen all the others, but you know, Mm -hmm. getting more and more aware all the time. And then um, I think if we think about Uranus is very active, right? With the Saturn component right now. And that energy is here to, um, to me, find ways to be, to find a new path, to shake things up and be disruptive. If things feel unsettling, Uranus is like, that's, that's right. Right. Cause if we're going to find a new way forward, it's not going to be through everything in the way that we've done it before. And I think that in the same, in not the same way, but in a similar way, I mean, Pluto also has a sense of personal power. Um, and then we're looking at Saturn, that's very active, especially in relationship to Uranus the past couple of years and through this fall. And that Saturn energy about our own authority. And I think that that is really important. Um, Ownership of our own uniqueness. And what do we want to do with that? And those are just a few. Mm -hmm. I could go on for a lot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Is that what you were thinking? Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah, it's really, it feels really like inspiring and encouraging to hear that there's, I don't know how it all works, but like that there's some other, like you said, like support or energy for this stuff. Um, This like huge, these huge transformations. How do you like make sense of this for yourself on a personal level? Like, okay, so 
the U.S. is having its Pluto return, Uranus is busy. Are those things that we just sort of witness collectively and it's that more like surrender piece or are there disciplines that you use to like interface with some of these things? Like I never know or I've never felt called to like really work with astrology specifically. It's more just like feels validating and clarifying um, but are there things that you are doing to sort of like make the most of this and and be part of the burning down and reimagining? I know we're all doing it in our own ways, but is there anything specific you'd like bring in? Well, a lot of it, it you can get some, a lot of information about where these planets are in our own charts, right? And that's quite personal. And that's when astrologers like, we really need your birth time. <laughs> that's That's what it's about so that we can um, most accurately help you t tune into what these collective energies are doing personally for you, not only in what's happening in your life, but to the, to the extent of participating in a collective change. Um, for me, it's a lot of, in terms of, it gives me hope or faith. It gives me, and I'll tell you a little bit about the specific things, but um, it helps me understand. It helps give me context of time. Astrologer sense of time can be, you know, a little different. Like if I'm looking, you know, at a, you know, a, a Saturn transit that lasts three years, it's different as an astrologer to say that. And then to be on the receiving end of, you mean this is going on for three years? You know what I mean? <laughs> but in the scale of the planets, I mean, we have so much longer cycles than that. So I think that giving myself uh, some timing is helpful. Um, in terms of, okay, this is it to this point, or gosh, no, this is a dig in kind of experience, right? Where, you know, when you talk about resilience or persistence or surrender or any of those kinds of things, it's like to, for what amount of time? Mm -hmm. I'm a person that likes to know that, like, it's not going to go on forever. Yeah. Um, I think when, you know, I've been working with this, I mean, I look for ways where the ways that it's impacting me and how it opens art and my mind into a connection to the ways it might be help, happening for other people, even if it it's expressed differently. So in the terms of my life, I've had quite a bit of Uranus activity <laughs> in the last couple of years. I don't live where I used to live um, in terms of city, in terms of physical place. And I was in the same city for over 40 years. I think really differently about how I'm addressing the world or, or what my needs are for quote unquote stability mm -hmm. and what that even means. Um, I have a desire and a yearning and a impatience to try some different things. And so in that way, it's like knowing for me when I can name those energies inside of myself and I know where they're happening in my own chart and what parts of myself they're responding to it helps give me some context uh -huh. to, and not in a predictive must be doing this, right? Well, Uranus is squaring my moon, so therefore I must move. You know what I mean? Not like that. Uh -huh. But in the sense of like, I'm feeling an uprooting. And for a generally rooted person, that's disturbing. Uh -huh. <laughs> and that I feel like that this is, is happening in, for a positive reason, that this is going to be a benefit. 
And even if this is all something that I'm doing in my mind and in my heart to help myself get through it, it really makes sense to me. It really provides me some spaciousness and context so I can relieve some anxiety and be present with what's occurring in my life. And to me, if that's what the value it brings, it's worth it. That all really resonates with me. I like that it does give you a different perspective around the timing and it does give some language and context to it so that you don't feel like you're just caught up in the whim of, you know, whatever is happening or feeling really chaotic. I, I find for me too, it helps me kind of root into some sort of growth or like I can see what's, I can see the personal levels of what's happening, even if I don't have any real sense of control over like the United States's Pluto return. Like I know <laughs> that I like that has echoes for me in my own chart and that I can at least be on board with, you know, the transformation that obviously needs to take place. So yeah, I like that you made it just very like real and yeah. And so what if it seems made up sometimes, like, I don't know how it works either, but I think we all need to sort of hold on to those practices that feel true and like they bring a sense of relief and kind of give us context and help us, you know, have more empathy or compassion for what everyone is going through right now. So I just love the way that you framed that. As you look ahead to like, you know, so we've got some of these bigger transits happening. We've got, you know, economic shifts, potentially you've moved, you are itching for some new things. Like, how do you feel like any or all of these things are informing your work in the next couple of months? Like, what do you feel like is ahead for you kind of in the seasons to come? The last few years have been a little brutal (laughs) for me. You know that. Um, I have lost my mom. She died. And then my sister moved out of state with my niece and her husband and saw them all the time. I got a divorce. It's covid right there's and we've all been going through things i think that when it's a funny question for me to sit with because you know before this time period i would i would have been able i'm a person that you know has got something in mind and a vision and i'm excited about the future i'm moving towards something and then i um got a concussion in late 2020 and that changed the trajectory of so many things and i remember um the chiropractor I saw was like, look, when you're done with this, you're going to see things a lot differently. And I think that's very true, but it's not in the way that I expected. The The way that has happened for me, given all the changes that are going on, is that to the best of my ability to articulate it now, is that I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing until I'm called to do something else. I love what I do. I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I love talking to all different people. Work has got so much possibility, even screwed up system, <laughs> to be a place of learning and growth and happiness and reward and connection. And it's, I don't see myself in the short term stepping away from that. I mean, there's been times that I've wondered about it, right? 
significantly. And I'm not saying, and the other thing about this period of my life is like, it's really been helping teach me to, um, oh, you might hear my cat in the background typing in, um, to be like, I want to go where the flow is in my life. And if the flow takes me away from this work to stick to different work, then that's what happens. And there will be grieving and confusion or disappointment or whatever, right? And then a new beginning. And if I stay with this work until the end of my working life, that'll all, and that's in flow, then that is also where I want to be. It's been a real peeling away of layers until I got a visceral experience of what the possible essence of flow in my life could feel like. And I don't mean perfection all the time flow. Just mean unexplicable movement through all living things flow. And hearing myself say that out loud, I feel a little out there. <laughs> I'm going to stop. <laughs> no, no. I love that. Is that a, a sense that you got post-concussion or do you mean that that is new or that that's something that you've had for a long time that you're just very like clear about and following? Post-concussion. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. For sure. So you feel like you have now a much more, do you feel like it's a more embodied sense of where there's that sense of flow that's in you and larger than you? Yeah, for sure. Embodied, more aligned, more calm, more easily accessible. I'm definitely not that way. I'm like in my day-to-day life. I have. I don't want people to get the impression that I'm floating on air over here. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it's a peacefulness around direction that I have never experienced in my life. And do I wish I did not have that experience in order to get here? Heck yeah. But is it something that being, having had it and being here, I'm, I'm grateful for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's some major um, clearing away, kind of coming down to the foundation again or to the roots kind of regrowth it sounds like oh yeah pluto was in there uranus <laughs> in there saturn in there mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah is there anything else that you want to share i guess about what you're noticing or what it's like to be on the not the other side of that but like in maybe that more um clarifying place or anything that you're i don't know anything you're noticing or want to speak to I guess as we kind of conclude it's something that I remember that's kind of attracted me to zen to begin with which was this is how I sum it up is everything's important and nothing's important at the same time and so there's very much every moment is a gift be present do good and then the other part of it is like we're part of cycles and things that have been going on for thousands of years. And we're part of a bigger 
natural experience. I'm not saying we don't have responsibilities to it. And when I walk outside and I see, I mean, like I'll walk outside and I'll watch a spider build a web over time and then grow in that web and then it dies. It's perspective. It gives me space to feel like I can see, I'm kind of scared of spiders, but I can see the beauty in it. I can admire it. But I think it's that coming to a more felt sense of what can what seems on the surface to be polarities. Everything's important, nothing's important. And instead of coming to a place of confusion, anxiety, about that, that there's more times that I can be in that and be peaceful and grateful and happy. Just to have more of those times, I feel really lucky. Because the more capacity I have inside of me for that experience, the more I'm able to give and hold for other people. Yeah, thank you for bringing in a different perspective and sense of context and cycles and just I think we can sort of I feel like we can just like rest in that I feel I I already feel like more relaxed than I did when we started talking about the potential recession and things that people are um, facing right now so I love that sense of polarity and how we can how it's just like that Venn diagram you brought in earlier it's like one and the other and in the middle there's this opening um and so i love that thank you thanks for opening up the conversation i feel like we didn't talk a lot of specificity around career today i mean it's all it's all related (laughs) so i yeah i totally trust it can you um mention where people can find you and um anything that you could say about how they can work with you and get some of this like wider perspective and support in their working lives? Sure. Yes. You can find me and my work at coachingforclarity.net. I'm happy to work with people through coaching sessions, through astrology sessions. As you mentioned before, I'm playing around with a, a new podcast. The link is on my site. Just in talking about some of these broader perspectives that are influencing my thoughts about work life. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, reach out to me there. Be happy to to um, carry on any conversations there um, and answer any questions there too. Thank you. I'll put all of that in the show notes so people have it on hand. Um, this has been so nice. Thank you so much, Aubrey, um, for sharing your perspective and just seeing where the conversation took us today <laughs> yeah well i appreciate the invitation and the the um the space that you create for it to, for it to go to these places and i know that your clients experience that and and their lives are better for it too so thanks for thanks for having me mm, thank you <laughs>